Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello and welcome to the MMPB NFL Podcast. I'm Terry Gramling. And I'm Connor Orr. And Connor, we have three big topics we're going to be covering today. One being the latest on the Deshaun Watson cases. Uh, the fact that he has now settled all but four of them. We're going to talk a little bit about, boy, that uh, oversight committee hearing on Wednesday and all the uh, wackiness, we'll call it, uh, surrounding Daniel Snyder and Roger Goodell. Uh, testifying there. Boy, it was a mess. Uh, and then, of course, the retirement of an all-time great. I'm just going to tease it like that as if people don't follow organized football and don't know who we're talking about. Maybe you'll you'll stay tuned in. But for all of this, we are bringing in our good friend, NFL insider of Sports Illustrated, Albert Breer. Albert, this was... <laughs> it's fun, fun is probably not the word for the last, like, two days, but it's yeah. been it's been a lot. It's been a lot unfolding here and a lot of different uh, a lot of different angles. I'm trained to, like, get bad news this time of year because this is always when we're all on vacation, you know, late June, mm-hmm. early July. I believe Connor's probably more up on this than me because he used to cover this team, but I think that this was the period of time when Jason Pierre-Paul um, blew his hand off with fireworks. So sure is. there's always, yeah, there's always some things that happen um, in late June and early July um, that I would say fall into the bad news bucket. And uh, some of them are more grim than others, no question about it. 
players used to always i remember when we used to break for when we used to break uh camp like mandatory mini camp going into the summer and the attitude was always like you know don't you guys ruin my summer like from players to media like don't you do something to mess up my summer and i'm sitting here thinking don't you do anything to mess up my summer like <laughs> right. i don't i don't want anything to do with you uh, yeah. if, if i'm writing about you this summer it's because you did something bad not me um, i mean I'll, well i'll never not. forget like you know where i was when steve mcnair died you know because like, it was fourth yeah. of july i was at a cookout and um i was still pretty early covering the nfl then i think there was 08 09 somewhere in there and um, and yeah, I mean, like the, the potential to like sort of get pulled out of things happens, and um, you know, like I said, like some of them are like JPPs, and then you have others that are a little bit more grim than that. But yeah, there's definitely Connor's that that there's that speech that I think every coach gives them, you know, on their way out, which is don't be an idiot, basically, in um, in no uncertain terms. Yeah, um, when really, what uh, you know, everyone should just. They should just build that Simpsons movie bubble. I know that Gary doesn't like post nineteen ninety six Simpsons, but like Simpsons movie was that? Did we that all saw the movie you know? though. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. saw the movie, right? I I, I, agree. I think the Simpsons fell off. I just I remember be, I was in college from ninety eight to two, so I remember the Simpsons fell off when I was in college. But everybody mm-hmm. went and saw the movie. Yeah, I mean the movie was was uh, it was a celebration of it. it. It wasn't good, but you know it kind of honored it. It was okay. Yeah, trap the, trap them all in the trap them all in the bubble. Don't let them leave. You know right. that that's that's really yeah, keep everybody on the hamster wheel. Something about Homer on a motorcycle. Right. He like he evil Knievels the the bubble to get out. Do you remember? Yeah. And then yeah, rides classic the rides classic team. sitcom stuff. <laughs> <laughs> womp womp. Anyways, we're uh, we're gonna get lighter as the show goes on, and also Albert is going to take America's least favorite quiz show more than four but fewer than six questions at the end here but we're going to start with the deshaun watson news all but four of the cases have now been settled uh undisclosed it is confidentiality agreements we will theoretically never find out what the specifics are of these settlements thus far but this was the first step really since this all started to unfold in march 2021 that there's been even any incremental move towards closure mm-hmm. on any of this. Yeah. And I, I think like this is, you know, you sort of wonder what's behind it sometimes. And, you know, I, I like I, the one thing I'd sort of kind of wondered here is as the NFL came closer to finishing its investigation, whether or not Roger might put pressure on Jimmy Haslam to tell Deshaun to settle. Um, because I think part of the issue the NFL has now is what we've seen unfold over the last couple of weeks with Jenny's report in the Times and then, you know, obviously the 23rd and 24th lawsuits that new information could become available. You know, and the only way that they could, I think, feel comfortable that there was going to be some level of closure here is if these cases started to get settled. So you do wonder, like, after he was so adamant, you know, over the last few months, really the last year and a half that he wanted to clear his name, um, what prompted the settlements now and whether or not it was something like what almost happened in November when, um, or in October, when, you know, potential trade to the Dolphins got them close to settling all the cases too. 
Yeah, and and we should point out, uh, a settlement is not necessarily an admission of guilt, much in the same way that the grand jury no bills was not an exoneration of him, which, by the way, uh, Houston District Attorney Kim Og uh, said on uh, a podcast, boy, where's the time go here? I guess that was late last week or early this week. I'm not sure anymore. This all just goes in slow motion. But uh, uh, that was Mike Meltzer's podcast, by the way. Mike Meltzer's a good dude down in Houston. Uh, as far as this goes right now, what we, you know, Sports Illustrated, we have had our reporting on this, and we certainly stand on that reporting. Jenny certainly uh, stands on the reporting she's continued to do since joining the New York Times. What no one has a real good grasp on at this point is where the NFL specifically stands uh, as far as their investigation goes. And and Albert, if, if you could fill us in with mm-hmm. any snippets of information there, but also just sort of run down. It, it's a new process here. Process, I mean, this is yeah. this is unprecedented for a number of reasons. The cases themselves are, are unprecedented, but also this is the first time the NFL is going through this new process from uh, from the most recent CBA. Right. And part of the reason, yeah, like you said, is that this is, you know, we're early in the new CBA, so we really haven't come to the point where we've had to, where, where the NFL's had to go through this sort of process with such a high profile case. Um, and, you know, like part of it was like the NFL wa- didn't want to be judge, jury, and executioner anymore. And this, you know, stems back to the Ezekiel Elliott case and you know, Jerry Jones basically saying, what are we doing? You know, kind of trying to get ahead of the law on this stuff. Um, and, you know, I think the NFL had gone through enough PR issues over the last seven or eight years trying to play judge, jury, and executioner that um, the idea was to hand it off. So that's what they've done. And, um, you know, really what's the way the process breaks down, um, the uh, the NFL's lead investigator, Lisa Friel, um, she runs the inquiry. Um, into Deshaun Watson. Um, she has her findings. She presents her findings to Watson's camp, to the NFLPA, to the NFL. Then she passes the case to Sue Robinson, um, who is a former uh, U.S. district judge and uh, district court judge. And she um, then um, hears the cases of both sides. Then she makes a recommendation on punishment. If there is no punishment, if she finds that there's no violation, then the case is over. If there is a punishment, then Roger Goodell or his designee step in and then they have the power to alter the punishment one way or another. Um, both the league and then the union have the ability to appeal that decision after that. And then you get past that and the final decision is rendered. So it's a, I think more complex, more, more, um, I would say more drawn out process than it's been in the past. But the idea is that it might be more fair because you've got an independent party making a decision on that. As for where this is right now, Gary, I would say, um, you know, the big date that was sort of, I mean, over the last month or so that, that, that's been um, pointed out to me is June 30th, um, which is the deadline for pretrial discovery. Mm -hmm. I would say with the settlement of these cases and the reason you'd wait for that deadline is because, then I think you feel comfortable that the most information is available, right? Um, I'd say that de- that deadline becomes less relevant now with 20 of the 24 cases settled. That said, I mean, I, I don't have a calendar in front of me. Is it 22nd? That's eight days away. Yeah. Um, so that's why you know, I think I've been pretty consistently saying that I think a decision is going to come at some point in July. Okay. And just backing up slightly, the appeal would go to Goodell, right? Like if, if one side, I, I, I guess it'd be weird if the NFL appealed its own 
final ruling, but the PA right. would well, have to I appeal. Mean, that's and it, but that's in there. That, 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 yes, the appeal goes to Goodell. Um, it's in there because it could be a designee. And Roger could okay. well decide here. And I don't know. I don't think this decision has been made yet. But Roger could well decide, you know what? I don't. I, I don't, you know, I, like, I don't think it's right that I have this decision or he may just not want to make the decision, you know, um, because of the issues they've had making these sorts of decisions in the past. And he could certainly appoint a designee, in which case, you know, Sue Robinson's decision would then go to the designee and the designee would make the decision and the designee would be the one that would be responsible for the appeals after Sue Robinson's decision. Not to make light of any of this, but like that, wouldn't that be the most corporate move in the history of corporate bosses? Is like the uh, the punishment is ready. Like Roger Goodell has to weigh in, and then he just calls like the summer intern. And he's like, "Hey, do you want to handle this? I'm gonna, uh, you know, I, you know, it'll look real good on your LinkedIn." <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I just thought, uh, yeah. Oh man, you know, I've just uh, I, I I had a chiropractor's appointment that I just can't I can't move I can't move it. So if you wanna if you wanna just finalize the Deshaun Watson suspension, uh, just get you know I'll 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 be down the road. You you could always text me. Good luck. Uh, I think it's like honestly, like I I do wonder if that's in play or if like because you look at this two ways. Like, does Roger think? This is something that requires my involvement because it's such a serious that the, the accusations are so serious and the evidence is so vast like that Roger feels like I need to take care of the league here. Like I need to make sure this decision is the one that I, I need to make 100 percent sure that the decision that's made here has our fingerprints on it. Right. Or does he look at it and say, we've gotten ourselves into a lot of trouble on these in the past. We botched the Ray Rice situation. We botched the Greg Hardy situation. We botched the Josh Brown situation. We don't want to be involved in these anymore. And he just goes and says, I'm going to appoint a designee and we're good. I, I think you could, I think the idea that either thing could happen, like to me, there's logic to both of them, you know? Yeah, you could, it, right? Does Goodell want this to be a legacy defining moment? And I know that he wants to see the NFL through a certain period of time that will take him beyond the public's recollection of Deshaun. I mean, yes, we all remember Ray Rice, but you know, how much of a factor is that in his overall legacy? I'm not sure, you know, and I think Goodell wants to work until even the Deshaun thing is behind him, but something else will come up inevitably, you know, I I mean, the NFL is a microcosm of our population. And so I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he views this personally is this a legacy play or is this i'm leaving the nfl in better in a better place because i'm not the one or my predecessor is not the one that's going to be kind of jerking around with this stuff and could it be affected too by what sue robinson decides you know because if like the league's already asked for a year suspension um or is at least in that ballpark that's what i've been told i know mark maskey at the at the post reported that um and so if Sue Robinson comes down and says it's a year, it's going to be a year, um, then does he go one way? And if Sue Robinson says, no, we're going to go six games here, does he go another way as far as how he handles that last part of the process? I think that that part of it's interesting, too. Do you want to hear my chaos theory on it? Can I espouse <laughs> <Yeah>. this? <laughs> we're a reputable news outlet. Time to throw some shit against the wall. Uh, so by, by letting... Uh, out there the fact that they want a year suspension are you really saying like we're being tough 
and then you hope that it comes back a little less, and then you right. say, well, our hands are tied here. We tried to be tough, but this person, and you know, and then say like, well, we wanted more, but this is what the, she did, and you know, it, it kind of sweep sweep it under the rug that way. For those people that haven't been paying as close attention to this, the PR war is already underway. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like the, the 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 NFL has gotten it out there and made it public that they want a year. The NFLPA has got it out there that they think that that would be unfair based on what happened to Jerry Richardson and Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones, right? Like they've put those three names out there. So like if you're really paying close attention to what's going on here, and I, I think you guys would agree with this, it's pretty clear that both sides think it's important that they get their side of the story out. The NFL wants to make itself look like it's being tough and being, you know, and 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 being and having a zero tolerance policy when it comes to this stuff. And the union is basically explaining why it would argue with such heinous accusations out there for Deshaun Watson not being disciplined at all. And so both sides have already gotten their side of the they've they both gotten their angles out there. Um, and yeah, you know, now it'll be interesting to see how Sue Robinson looks at all of it. The thing that's interesting to me from a PR standpoint is I don't think your sort of average casual fan who's going to weigh in on this, everyone's going to weigh in on it. Uh, I don't think they realize that Sue Robinson exists. I think those of us who cover mm-hmm. the, the league realize yeah. that. But I mm-hmm. think whatever comes down, what I'd be curious to see how this uh, kind of unfolds is, will we know what Sue Robinson specifically ruled? Uh, will we know if the NFL, uh, you know, if it's if it's a case where Sue Robinson said eight games, the NFL said, you know, we're on appeal, we're going to do a year. Will we know about those machinations or will this simply be a matter of, we'll just see the final uh, product? Because I don't think anyone will differentiate between Roger Goodell and and not Roger Goodell's when the final right. number comes out. I think what you're asking, Gary, it depends if it benefits somebody, right? Yeah. If it ben- benefits somebody to have how the sausage was made out there, mm-hmm. well, then the process of getting the sausage made will be in print somewhere, right? Like, I, like I think that that's what it boils down to. If there's some level of agreement or compromise then I think they'll probably work to keep all of it private, you know? Um, and if this is, and sometimes these cases are handled that way where there is like a de facto settlement, right? Like where it's mm-hmm. like the NFL could offer like a plea bargain more or less and say, listen, here's what we're thinking. If you take this now, we'll close the book on it. And that, that could happen. That's happened in cases in the past. I think to some degree that's what happened with the Roethlisberger case. Um, It'll be interesting to see if that happens, because if that doesn't happen and there's disagreement to the very end, well, then you would think that it would be of some either side's benefit to get their story out there. I hope there's another TikTok. What was the um, the Wall Street Journal story uh, inside the Goodell thing where there was pizza and nobody ate the pizza? Do you remember what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. Which one well, rings that? a bell? Yeah. I can't uh, remember what that was. I forget what... Uh, no, it I was forget. it was no one ate the pizza before Goodell had grabbed a slice or something. I, I don't it? think because Goodell. I think the point was that Goodell was so worked up that he couldn't eat the pizza, and because Goodell wasn't eating the pizza, Everybody nobody ate the pizza. And which the pizza like, cold. I, I mean, mm. which by the way, like I don't care who you are. If I'm <laughs> if I'm in a conference room and I'm staring at just slowly decaying pizza and nobody's touching it, like I'm 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 the I'm the fire starter there. I'm getting that pizza. 
Was it like five boxes like sitting in the middle of the conference table or is it just one pizza? <laughs> Do we know? Goodell had him in his lap. <laughs> like well, cause if, there, if there was a, if there, if there was like a limited if there was a limited supply of pizza that could change the dynamic, you know? Yeah. Like if, yeah. You could argue if there's that... like five boxes stacked there, you might feel it more more at liberty to go go get a get a piece, you know? You could argue that the Wall Street journalists had two of the best Goodell stories of the last like decade. There was the fake Roger Goodell Twitter account, or there was the Roger Goodell adjacent Twitter account, and then there was um and then there was the Roger Goodell pizza. So it was during Ray Rice. Um and was the fake the fake account was like it was his wife that was running it, right? It was his wife. Yeah. Right. Um was that the that was Deflate Gate related, I believe, right? The Deflate Gate thing was um was yes. Yeah. If I'm mistaken. Yeah. And then yeah, the pizza thing was during Ray Rice and uh yeah, I mean more importantly than anything, nobody had the pizza. It's just, you know. <laughs> it's kind of sad. They huddled in the night in an effort to figure out ways to prove the commissioner wasn't covering something up. They ordered pizza, but nobody ate it because they waited for Goodell to eat first. But <laughs> Roger Goodell did not eat the pizza. So That's a fantastic anecdote. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> I know, I know. You work, you work your whole career to get something like that. You know, yeah. honestly, it's just yeah. Going to be a standard question in every interview. <laughs> Who ate the pizza? Ah, uh, well, Roger Goodell has been such a good heat shield for the league <laughs> over the years, and. Wednesday, I guess, was one of those cases. Uh, he was in front of the House Oversight Committee in Washington, D.C. He did it via Zoom, but uh, man, this thing went off the rails so quickly. And uh, look, you can we can get into some of the wackiness in a little bit. Uh, certainly, if you want to somehow feel even worse about our federal government at this point, this is pretty good viewing. But uh the big takeaway I want to get to here is Daniel Snyder obviously had been invited to, to testify and declined. Uh, now, according to Carolyn Maloney, the uh, the U.S. rep from uh, New York's 12th district, uh, Daniel Snyder will now be subpoenaed for a deposition next week as this continues to drag out all the uh, just awful behavior that has been alleged that went on in the commander's front office and you know, all the allegations that Daniel Snyder participated and knew about all of this. But I guess my question now is, <laughs> it seems like we've been hurtling toward this endpoint, but then the endpoint keeps on sort of hurtling back with it. Is there any chance that Daniel Snyder is pushed out in the way that, you know, Jerry Richardson was, uh, because it feels like everything continues. I don't know. What's the metaphor I'm looking for here? It's like we're piling stuff up and it's like, oh, when's it going to hit the ceiling? And then you look up and like, oh, wait, there is no ceiling. Like, it's just going to continue to pile up right. to infinity. I don't know what the analogy is, but um, <laughs> I, I, I thought it was, um, I thought like, I honestly thought it was notable going back to the Super Bowl um, that... Roger actually explained the process for voting an owner out because Roger's so careful about what he says, especially when it concerns 
let's call them his 31 bosses, right? You know, mm-hmm. the Packers obviously not applying to that. Um, that I, I can't imagine like he actually would go through the process for voting an owner out the way he voluntarily did in L.A. a few days before the Super Bowl without getting sign-off from some of the other owners. Now, like, I, my understanding is, like, they haven't come close to the idea of actually sitting down and having a vote because I don't think any other owner wants to set that precedent. I don't think, I mean, like, these guys all have dirt under their fingernails. They don't want other people digging through their trash. I, like, I just, I don't think that they want to go through the process of voting one of their own out. But that doesn't mean they're above trying to pressure him and try to raise the temperature in the room to the point where Daniel Snyder would feel the amount of shame it would take to sell a team. And that obviously that threshold is a lot higher in this case than it is than it was in the case of Jerry Richardson. Mm-hmm. Um, what Jerry Richardson did was horrible too. You can say this for him. Um, a lot of people think that they forced him out. They didn't the, the story ran in SI and he left on his own volition and did it be, I mean, for a lot of the reasons I'm, you know, a lot of the reason I'm pointing out here, he didn't have, you know, a succession plan. So that was part of it. Uh, you know, obviously the value of the franchise was, you know, at an all time high. Um, but I think part of it too was like, it's just time for me to walk away. I don't think Snyder's ever going to feel, I, I don't know if Snyder will ever feel that level of shame, but I, I like, I, I wonder how high the temperature is going to get turned up on him. Cause I do think other owners want him out and want him out without having to vote him out. And so it'll be interesting to see how stuff leaks out over the coming months if he comes out of this and still has the team, um, where maybe other owners find creative ways to turn the temperature up to try to force him to sell. Gary, do you want me to do you want me to fix your metaphor? Yeah, please. I, I think I nailed it. Right. So what's going on here is sort of like. Uh, my dishwasher in college uh, or my, my sink in college right <laughs> yep, and you yep. know it's like the first time in your life that you live with roommates and yeah. someone isn't doing your dishes for you and like they start to pile up and you're just like well <laughs> i mean I'm like we can't physically use the sink somebody is going to have to wash these dishes and no it's just you figure out ways <laughs> to shove more stuff into the sink and then it just keeps getting higher and higher until one day we just say let's just throw away all the dishes no right? you know what the breaking you know, connor you know what the breaking point is is like it's like it turns into like a jenga tower right yep. like where you don't want to be the one who puts the dish on top this <laughs> knocks a bunch of others off and now all of a sudden there are broken dishes everywhere so that's the breaking point is like it's like a, it's like the jenga tower you know what i mean for us it was i'll never forget this so it was it was this mass of disgusting uh, like like a half a semester's worth of dishes, and we we picked up a roommate halfway through the process when another one left, and there were just like Campbell's soup cans in there as well. So there was the residue from the soup that was leaving sort of a sort of a smell. And then the breaking point was someone just came over one day, and this is the most random thing ever. Someone came over to our college house and made us like a full salmon dinner for no reason. Um, and like we had, we had not, goodness of their heart. Yeah. Like it was, it was somebody's friend who was just like, I just bought like, we're all college kids who can afford like Atlantic salmon. It was just like, yeah, I just bought all this salmon. Do you want me to cook it at your house? And we're like, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. And then once that started to decay in oh. the, in the sink amid oh. all the other stuff, that's when it became untenable. And I think one of our downstairs roommates 
there was downstairs and upstairs rooms. One of the downstairs people was like, I've had enough. Uh, I'm going to clear out my entire Sunday, and it's going to be this is going to be what happens. So. Yeah, I have a more disgusting example where it's like in the basement of my frat house, we had those giant trash cans, you know? And so, like, somebody at some point would have to take the trash out. And sure. so it would turn into the same concept where everybody's like, like at the end, like you're like literally like placing like trash on top of like the, the can <laughs> and trying to make sure that it didn't spill all over the place. So <laughs> Gary's like, oh, you guys are pigs, man. <laughs> Gary's offended. Jeepers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how, how come you guys didn't just have your butler did it like I did in college? <laughs> The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. 
And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Let's uh, let's get to Gronk here. Rob Gronkowski announces his retirement for the second time, and I guess it's not uh, completely 100% over. I, I think we could all, I guess, envision a future where uh, where he comes back. Uh, the one thing that's, I mean, look, I'm I'm glad he is getting out of here before he, I don't know, gets his knees destroyed another time. But I thought last year, I thought he was, like, moving as well as he had since, like, early in his career. He just looked a little more uh, – he was playing a little lighter, but also he just looked – he looked like young Rob Gronkowski. It was, it was neat. Yeah, you know what? Like, I think this is a good development, too, because like, we've talked about the Patrick Willis's and the Calvin Johnson's of the world. And, um, you know, I said this when Gronk retired the first time. I feel this way now, too. Um, to me, it's a great development. And I think it means three things for players, right? Like, I think it's happening for three reasons. Number one, players are making more money. So the best players have more fi- financial freedom to do this, to walk away mm-hmm. when they when they want to walk away, right? Number two... Players have more information on what football does to their bodies. So they're more cognizant of what this could mean for them when they're 50 or 60 years old to keep playing. And then number three, I think guys are being more aggressive about figuring out what they want to do after they're done playing. And so it's not this black hole after football for them. Like you see, like I think Ryan Clark's a great example of it. Like he was doing television before he retired, right? Like so, mm-hmm. and Gronk obviously had the gap year um, in 2019 where he didn't play. And so he actually already had a taste of it. And so, like that, like really is sort of my first takeaway on this. And we can talk about how great a player he was. But like I think like the idea of guys walking away early is a really good development when it comes to just you know, where players are at and their place in the sport and, um, you know, kind of what they're able to do at the end of their careers and the decisions they're able to make and, and creating a scenario where they can walk away on their own terms. I'm, uh, I'm not doing it. I'm not writing about it. I'm not talking about it because <laughs> he's, he's coming back. everybody that's associated with Tom Brady, I just don't – everything is part of a larger plan – like for them to buy like a Formula One team and then sell it to the Cardinals and then replace Kyler Murray at quarterback and Rob Gronkowski is going to be the head coach until Tom Brady's 50. Like something is going to happen that they have already planned out that is above my pay grade. It involves <laughs> cryptocurrency and I I don't want to write about it. I don't want to talk about it. I remember um, when Tom Brady retired the first time, I think – I wrote a Tom Brady, like a goodbye Tom Brady thing at like halftime of the Bills Chiefs game. Is that right? Does that line that up? That sounds right. That's like, that was right around. Yeah. You know what that is? That's definitely right because I remember where I w- Yeah. And I remember, you no, know. No, 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 no. It would have been championship weekend, right? Championship weekend? Okay. Yeah. It would have been championship yeah. weekend because he, because he played divisional playoff weekend. 
Okay, right, right, the right. The Bucks right, and the Rams played yes. the divisional playoff weekend. You're yeah. right, you're right. So it would have been that weekend. And I, I remember, like, you know, if you're, if you're going to write a column about something like that, that magnitude of a player walking away, you do. You have to you have to grab something from inside of you. You have to get a little emotional. And I was like, wow, Tom Brady's finally done. And, and what does this mean? What did this mean to me? And what did this mean to other people? And I thought about it a lot. And then I, and then I did it. And wrote it. And then I remember having dinner with my family like two weeks later, and he unretires, and then you got to write the unretirement column. And I said, I'm done. I'm done with anybody involved in that network, and not like they're going to shed any tears because they're not going to get a Connor or a goodbye column, you know? Uh, but it's just not happening. And I'm not entertaining it, and they can do whatever they want, but I think that they're messing with me somehow. So good luck to you, Rob Gronkowski. I'll get the emails <laughs> about the CBD company, uh, whatever you want to do, uh, but I'm not buying it for one second. That Sunday night, like the Brady unretired, was horrific for me. That was just terrible timing yeah that, yeah that was a top fiver for me although i'll tell you what nothing compares to and it turned out it was in your right connor because it turns out it was like a dolphin's ownership play yep. the whole retirement yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it was <laughs> and so i i think i think that tom and rob are going to sell their nft company to buy enough to get a stake in some random nfl franchise and then rob gronkowski is going to become head coach tom brady's going to become quarterback and effectively the head coach, and then he's going to replace Rob Gronkowski once he's done playing football. That's my. Do you want to hear my hot take on him as a player, though? Yeah, I think the most impactful skill position player of his era. I I, I would agree, okay. especially. I think he. I, I think he is. I think he is. I, I would rather have him than a great receiver. Any I great totally receiver. Totally agree. I would rather have him than Julio. I would rather have him than Des Bryant, Demarius Thomas, whoever. You know, I would rather have him than any of those guys. The reason why <clears throat> is because I think like. If we talk about where football is going with formationing and you know the different personnel groupings and everything else, this guy was the ultimate queen on the chessboard. Like you are literally, and we can do football nerd stuff here if you guys want. Like you're literally in like eleven and twelve personnel at the same time when you break the huddle with him. Like it's all right. Like if you want to put a fifth DB on the field, Gronk will block him into the third row and will run for ten yards. If you want to put a third linebacker on the field, well then that guy's got to cover Gronk and you're in deep shit. Like, I mean, it's like every single play was that, you know, and I just I think a great tight end like that's really hard to find. And I mean, Connor did a great story on the economics with the Ravens and everything else and how they've played this. But I think part of it is they're really hard to find. So the market hasn't moved up as fast because Mm -hmm. there aren't as many like, you know, if if there are 25 great receivers, then they're going to keep leapfrogging each other and the market's going to keep going up. If there are only like four or five truly unique tight ends, then that market isn't going to move as fast. So, like, I, I think for a number of different reasons, like, the pay hasn't been commensurate with what, um, you know, with his value. But, you know, for, I, like, honestly, like, I, I think about, like, what he did for those teams. Um, and, you know, like, I was talking to Billy O'Brien about it, and he was like, he was like, we would go fast because we knew they couldn't get guys on and off the field when we did that because Gronk was out there. Like, they were going to be in a bind no matter what, like specifically because of Rob Gronkowski. Like, the other the defense was in a bind. And I don't know how many players are like that where it's not just, oh, yeah, we'll just put two guys on him. You know what I mean? Like, as great as Julio was, it could be, let's go, but we can put two guys on him. With Gronk, like, the bind he put you in was so different. Well, speaking of football nerds, uh, back before he was a Super Bowl champion, Andy Benoit 
for the old MMQB uh, special mag issue that came out back in, what was that, September 2016, uh, wrote a piece on Rob Gronkowski and a lot of the stuff we, we covered, although Andy, of course, does it in greater detail yeah. and uh, just just all around better than, <laughs> than the three of us do it. But I'll link to it in the show notes. But if you're hitting the old uh, Ask Jeeves, ask it for Rob Gronkowski, football mastermind, and you can read all about it. And member of the Peter King coaching tree. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. By the way, I was totally paying attention to you guys when you were talking about Rob Gronkowski, yeah. but I was also looking up the exact passage from the Wall Street Journal story about the pizza. If you want, before we get to the quiz, do you want the exact wording about the pizza? Traumatic yes. reading? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'll do a, um, I don't know, Shelby, do we have some sort of like a dark, ominous sort of thing in here that we can... Like uh, mystery music? Yeah, like uh like I want to say like something synth heavy maybe. Yeah, it's almost like um like a mix between Stranger Things and The Warriors, you know? <laughs> That's pulling from two very different <laughs> eras. <laughs> Shelby Connor. Although I guess like where Stranger Things was <laughs> yeah. set, like maybe yeah. it does, there is some crossover. Like, yeah. yeah, Shelby, come on, don't you just have Sh- that off yeah, the top Shelby, of your mind? Yeah. Could you find that in 4 seconds, please? <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Uh, Late into the night on September 10th, executives in the NFL conference room brainstormed over ways to prove the commissioner wasn't covering up for Mr. Rice. Pizzas arrived, but no slice was taken until Mr. Goodell ate. He never did. And the slices turned cold in the box. <laughs> Who's the, is, this, is this a Kevin Clark story? Uh, it was Who, who's the author? Monica Langley. Oh, oh boy. That's, uh, that's pretty good. I don't know if Kevin would have written it quite as dramatically. I need to know who ordered the pizza, how many pizzas, what Where's kind the pizza of from pizza. is important, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. If it was Sabaro, you let it go cold. Like if... Yeah, um, but I don't think <laughs> I don't think three forty five. But if somebody's like bringing Sbarro. it up from like Joe's in the village, then yeah, or like I, I mean that back then it was like peak two boots. So if you got some old two boots, and they like they had the meatball, what was it like the meatball barbecue bacon? If that's sitting in there, I don't mm. care. I don't care if I'm getting fired. And it actually reminds me of this is almost nothing to do with this, but uh, Mark Marin, who has the the WTF podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he always told the story about trying out for Saturday Night Live, but he, um, the word around was like he was a big pothead and he wasn't dependable. And so when he auditioned, Lorne Michaels brought him in to his office and there was just this gigantic uh, cup full of Reese's peanut butter cups. And Lorne Michaels didn't say anything to him and he just watched him look at the Reese's peanut butter cups and nobody said anything. And then, all, like, after, like, ten minutes, he was just like, all right. And he grabbed a peanut butter cup, and then Lauren was like, okay, get out of here. Like, you're done. So, um, uh, so that's yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was, that's how it went. I guess that's why no one eats the pizza. That's why, that's why you don't eat the pizza. Moral of the story. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet... There's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. 
So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. You fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, enough of all this meaningless stuff we've just been discussing. more than four, but fewer than six questions. It is time for Albert Breer to take the quiz here. Uh, Connor, do you even have it? I don't see you in the dock here. Are you? Do you even have this up? <laughs> don't yeah. lie to me. Don't you lie uh, to me. I would say dramatic lighting. <laughs> yeah, I would say no. Uh, would be the uh, would be the answer. You know what the problem is? You work. Uh, so this is uh, this is your fault. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It's not your fault. Uh, Okay, I I have it up now. I, okay. So I, I have my personal, you work off of my personal Gmail drive, and then I write off of my work Gmail drive. Oh, really? Sometimes. Okay. Depends, depends on what I want, you know, depends on what's going down. Okay, all right. Well, uh, why don't you, uh, I can't remember what we did. I think Peter was the last one who took the quiz. Uh, you want to take the odds, I'll take the evens? I'll take the odds. That okay. works. Go ahead. All right, Albert. Um, question number one: This uh, the category is Gronkology in celebration of Rob Gronkowski's retirement. How many Gronkowskis played at least one snap in the NFL? 
Uh, this is not sanctioned by Gary, but I'm going to offer you <laughs> 0.25 bonus points if you can name the Gronkowski brothers who played in the NFL. I believe the number is three. And it's Dan and Chris also played in the league. And then the youngest, I believe, is Gordy. He didn't, I don't think he made it to the NFL, but he played at Kansas State. And the oldest was a, um, the oldest was a baseball player. Incorrect. Is it four? Uh, The answer is four. You forgot about Glenn Gronkowski. Yeah, no, you. Glenn's the youngest one, though, but that's the one who played at Kansas State, right? Yep. Glenn. He he made it to the league? He did. He played, uh, boy, I just had his pro football. Fullback fullback for the Bills. How many games did he play? And uh, he was on the New England uh, practice squad. He won a Super Bowl. Did he really? Yes. Wow. He played. Uh, he played. I knew. I knew Dan and Chris did, but I didn't know the youngest one. Did. He played eight offensive snaps for the Bills in 2016. And that's like his entire career was eight I, snaps. I, I think you can remember all eight snaps. Okay. I saw him Damn. play in high school. <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself. He's like, like, well, they like he went to high school in Buffalo because Rob was the only one that like didn't go to high. He went to like his last year of high school was like in Pittsburgh or something. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah, Glenn stayed up there in uh, Western New York. West Seneca, okay. maybe? I Ooh. might be misremembering. Amherst, West Seneca, Williamsville, Williamsville North. Okay. He, wa- right. he, wasn't, he wasn't a Baldwinsville B, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Damn it, I'm disappointed in myself. That should have been a layup for me. <laughs> He's 0 for 1. Uh, next one is geography. You, Albert Breer, famously or, or infamously, uh, spurred bill belichick's on to cincinnati catchphrase mm-hmm. in i think 2014 right yeah it was when they won their first super bowl in 10 years made me look like a real genius they got <laughs> blown out by the chiefs i actually think so they got blown out by the chiefs uh, and i was asking if they had done enough to build a champion around tom brady with him getting older i don't think that they lost another game that year they wound up winning three of the next five Super Bowls and playing four of the next five. So apparently they had done enough to build around Tom Brady. Yeah. But that was yeah. the uh that was the year of the famous on to Cincinnati press yes. conference. Uh my question to you is what NFL city is closest to Cincinnati? Indianapolis. That is correct. It's an hour and a half. Yeah. The I thought most jewel. people would have said Cleveland. Yeah. The crown jewel, good. but I went to school in Columbus, so I like have like an idea of geography. Plus, I always do there that drive in, during training camp. So, okay, all right, very good. All right, now, question number three: music and the arts. Uh, Albert, which band has more RIAA certified platinum records? The band Boston or the Mighty Mighty Boston's? What's the What's the metro the R I A A what? Certified platinum. Which which one has more platinum albums? Platinum albums. Okay. Mm. I'm gonna say the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Ooh, uh, uh, that is incorrect. Oh, come uh, on, Albert. Oh. The Mighty Mighty Boston's had one. My, my guess is for <laughs> Knock on Wood, right? Because I thought like I thought Boston was like kind of like a one hit one. No, Boston had some hits. Uh, Boston's catalog was fairly deep. Uh, Gary and I got into uh, a fight about uh, who was <laughs> it last week? Numbers. It was the um, so we were doing two hit wonders. I feel like the Miami Boston's were around for longer than Boston. 
That's why I, I guess they were around forever, stuff. but they just had the one breakthrough hit. Uh, the uh, and then that was impression it. that yeah. I get that album, and then Boston just just sort of yeah, Boston was big in like the seventies. Uh, the the debate last week, Albert, and you will find this as laughable as as I do because we're about the same age. Uh, Connor was trying to claim that The Offspring was a two hit wonder. Oh, and no, I was like, there were, there were three were, hits no. on Smash. No, there were they they were around for a lot longer than that. Yeah, uh, was that like that was like right around two thousand maybe right? It was uh, come out and play was like mid nineties. I want to say like ninety four, ninety five. Really? I think they were that far back. I think so. Yeah, Bo- was Boston was more than a feeling. It was Amanda. It was smoking rock yeah. and roll band. I mean, Peace they were. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was. Um, yeah, the, uh, this that was the height of arena rock. <laughs> as as Connor and I both know, after reading their Wikipedia page uh, <laughs> five minutes ago, I I I always remember the cover of the greatest hits record that was like a UFO landing yeah. on it. On, what was the album? Called? So, it was Jock Rock. That's what it was called, right? The yeah. albums that you could buy, like they had the commercials on TV, right? Yes, yep. right, that's what it was. Yeah, different two different things. Um, all right, no, that's what I call music volume one, two, three. Boston, that? Boston was definitely on now one. Yeah. <laughs> it was the big now, and then it had the underlines. Uh, that's what I call music on it. The one that came out in '76. Yeah. Uh, Question number four, this is fashion is the category. Uh, Pat Patriot, the iconic logo who formerly appeared on the mm-hmm. Patriots helmets. What color is his hat? Brown. Oh. Mm. Red. Is it red? Red, Albert. It's a tri-corner. Oh. Yeah, it's a tri-corner hat, but it's red. Is it red? Yeah. God. So I just clinched the worst score, <laughs> I think, right? <laughs> I don't, it depends what I kind of bonus points. Connor just just goes rogue with the bonus points. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll, I'm gonna. We'll see, uh, we'll see. I'll give you a chance to. Uh, I'll, Is I'll it give red? It. Really? I like. I have it in my head as brown. Yeah, it's like that's what no, that tri corner. It's all red, white, and blue. And I thought the thing that would trip you up is the current one. The Elvis logo is it's blue. blue on the, the hat. hat's blue. Yeah, that was mm. the curveball. Um. Okay, cat, uh, question number five, Moneyball category. Again, a uh, chance to earn some bonus points here. Uh, Albert, Ohio State uh, has six alums attempting more than 300 passes in the NFL. Name the only one that has more touchdowns than interceptions in his entire career. Mike Tomzak. Oh, Kent Graham. Oh, Tom Zack. Tom, Tom Zack is a good guess. Tom Zack oh. holds all the. Uh, uh, Tom Zack's got probably the most records. yards, right? Huh? Is that? Yeah, oh yeah. Tom, Tom Zack leads in everything cumulatively, but he was eighty-eight touchdowns, one hundred six interceptions. Everyone oh. always says, "Don't draft a quarterback from Notre Dame every year," but they at least had <laughs> Joe Montana. Ohio <laughs> State's best quarterback is Kent Graham. There was a lot of promise for Arch Schleister, man. If that thing hadn't gone, I mean, they had a lot of promise there. Who was, um, there was the one, when I got NFL 2K, um, there was like right Bobby around. Bobby Boying? Uh, no, uh, it was, but it was right around Joe that Germain. time. Joe Germain, that's who it was. Yeah. And I, I Joe Germain f- was, so Joe Germain was the quarterback when I was a freshman nice. there. Yeah, like, and he was the, this is a, this is a very interesting fact. In 1998, my freshman year, he was the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. Tom Brady was a starting quarterback at Michigan. Drew Brees was a starting quarterback at Purdue. 
Do you want to feel old? Joe Germain is 46 now. I mean, I'm 42, so mm. like... <laughs> he stopped playing in 2010. He played Arena League forever, I think. Yeah, he was he? with the Rattlers. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I do remember that. Like, that was... And I think he... I think he's one of these guys who, like, had, like, a... He parlayed his name into opening a bunch of car dealerships or something like that. He's a he's a successful high school football coach as well. Um, okay. Right now. But uh, I, I always like that game. You know, what is the quarterback of the college, uh, like, my freshman year of college doing now? Uh, because... I, I did that. I met up with some friends in L.A., and uh, some of them, I was like, man, I wonder what that guy's doing right now. And someone at this restaurant in L.A. knew the quarterback. And Let me see if I can get Syracuse. Syracuse, my freshman year. Okay, so you're, I think you're 10 years younger than me, right? So you would have been like – I think you would have you been like 08 would have been your freshman year? 06. That's before Nassib, so that's – yeah, Nassib was uh, my senior year, but it was Nassib and Greg Paulus. Oh, it was a Nassib. Yeah. Oh, Greg Paulus. Remember yeah. Greg Paulus? Paulus had just gotten done playing point guard at Duke. Yes, and then he yep. transferred yeah. uh, uh, to come to Syracuse and play football came, for you. Came in as a I, penniless man's Troy Noons on that Syracuse I actually, roster. you know, I like one of my one of the most one of the most memorable games I covered. Um, especially before I covered the NFL, but like was, uh, was a BC Syracuse game in which diamond fairy does, does that name ring a bell yes, for you, does. you guys? Of course. Okay. So diamond fairy who had not, who came out of Everett high school had not been offered a scholarship out of high school from from BC basically had a vengeance game and played both ways and rushed for like a hundred. He was, he was a safety for them. So he had like eight, eight tackles, like a pick, like a pressure on defense and then rushed for like 150 yards on, on offense. And really interesting part about that game was that was Matt Ryan's first start. Wow. That's a good factoid. So like that was, I mean, my pre NFL days, that was a pretty memorable one to cover. And uh, yeah, my one year covering Boston college football before I started covering the Patriots. Very cool. Um, Yeah. yeah, Diamond fairy, diamond fairy. When I found out about, the, and I actually don't know if I can even say this, so I will. Uh, we can't. Let's not. Well, whatever. I mean, everyone, I don't think you've given us the name of the quarterback yet. Though. So, uh, yeah. Well, so I brought the player's name up, and then someone's like, "Yeah, he's like a Navy SEAL." And I was like, "What?" And he's like a like a black for black ops like fighting machine now. So Pretty sweet. Before you name the guy, I'm sure I'm going to kick myself for not knowing it because around then, 2008, I was playing a lot of NCAA football <laughs> on EEA. So Were you playing I with knew, Syracuse? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what. like There was nothing that got you to know those rosters better because you'd go and download all of them, yep. like whatever, they yep. had the memory cards or whatever. And, uh, yeah, there were some holes in the walls of my apartment from, like, thrown controllers playing against my buddies and everything else. Who's the quarterback? Andrew Robinson. That name does sound familiar that's interesting huh so that would have been between noons and nassib yeah because noons <laughs> was like the wasn't noons the immediate successor to mcnab or am i wrong about yes that? noons was because i was there for mcnab and noons started i i think it was like a sophomore when i graduated so it would have been like i think oh three was his last year okay that's really it, it goes noons to nassib until the next <laughs> the, the next kind of okay dude who will 
emerge as their quarterback. Ryan yeah, Nassim my, first. my two were Joe Germain and Steve Belisari. And um, then Steve Belisari, my senior year, got a DUI outside of a bar down the street from my house. And um, he wound up. And then Craig Krenzel got his first start because of that. Craig Krenzel wound nice. up winning yeah. the national title next year. Oh, yep. wow. I'm, yep. I'm on the Syracuse starting quarterbacks page. Andrew Robinson, Cam Dantley, Perry Patterson. Gary, do you remember Perry Patterson? Oh, I remember Perry Patterson, absolutely. Oh. That name sounds familiar. Wasn't he big? He was, like, he was a huge, right? Wasn't he? He was a, he was a big dude. I think, he, I think he, he, he spent a camp with the Bills, I think, after he was and done. One of my favorite Perry Patterson moments of the Greg Robinson era was we're playing touch football behind our dorm, and uh, my roommate just – third down concession punted and he yelled he, he yelled perry patterson and he just and he just punted the ball because i think I, if i'm not mistaken perry patterson concession punted in a game at like one of our first games freshman year and everyone was just like oh god this is much worse than like a thought. pooch punt like you know like, like the like, direct snap pooch punt it was joe judgian almost oh. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's a bad thing to have your name associated with. It is, Joe. and it's not fair. It's not fair. Joe Joe is in like five years is going to be the head coach of the Seahawks and win like 11 Super Bowls, and we're all going to feel like idiots. Because that Giants team was really bad. It was really bad. He's going to be head coach of the Seahawks with Tom Brady at quarterback, Julian Edelman at uh, receiver, Rob Gronkowski at tight end. That's where they're going. That's it. There it is. The MMQB NFL Podcast is Connor Orr and me, Gary Gremling. We are produced by Shelby Royson. As I's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Rohde, and our senior podcast producer is Dan Bloom. Mark Mravik is emeritus editor of the MMQB. Super Bowl champion Andy Benoit is the founder of the MMQB NFL Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this feed on Apple Podcasts, and once you do, please leave a rating and review because it really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.